everybody welcome to the show you know where you are the nine at nine with me tigo and if you're watching the show right now you know what's coming we're bringing another great expert to the deck but this one's really gonna help me because you guys have heard me talk about my wonderful grandsons ever since i started this show and they're all getting bigger you know three eight and 16 going on 30 and i have no idea how to talk to them so what do i do i go get someone that has the art of talking with children. Hmm. Rebecca Rowland is here today. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. Yep, you heard me right. Do you know how to talk with your children or grandchildren? I thought I did, but my three-year-old does my three-year-old grandson doesn't even listen to me anymore. So what do we do? We call Rebecca. Rebecca, are you out there? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Help. How do I talk to my three-year-old grandson who rather say no to anything than say yes to me? Yeah, I mean, I have I have a five year old and a 10 year old, so I definitely know the feeling. <laughs> One thing I've actually developed is um, lots of different ways of saying no without using the word no. <laughs> OK, I'm listening. I'm listening. How so, do you do that? For example, um, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> probably later. Let's write down the things you want to do and we'll pick one. All of these kinds of things um, without oh, that's a great having idea. To utter the word no, which often kind of creates that cycle of no and more defiance and more no's. <laughs> now, I know you wrote a book called The Art of Talking with Children, and we're definitely going to get into that. And we've got to get into the seven pillars of rich talk because something tells me you're not talking about multi-level marketing or network marketing. It has something to do with kids. But, you know, I just I was so excited when I read your bio and everything. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to actually be able to connect because I feel like as I get older, you know, the kids are just speaking an entirely different language than, you know, when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, you, you, you know, you were seen, you weren't heard, you had no opinion. You mm -hmm. know, my dad was like, when you get a job, you can have an opinion until then forget about it. So what makes it different now? We've got so much going on. You and I were talking about war earlier. You know, we're just coming through a pandemic. We've got kids going to school at home. You know, how do you connect with your kids now? Yeah, so I think there's a couple important things. One is to focus on the back and forth. So I wrote the book, The Art of Talking with Children and not at children, because I'm really emphasizing how much you're talking and how much a child is talking. How do you find mm. that balance? Um, so we often are lecturing, but without getting inside a child's head. So it doesn't mean let a child do whatever they want, but actually start with what they're thinking about. Wow. And you're, you know, your mom, we already covered that, five and ten. But you also have, this has been your passion and your education. You've got a doctorate in education. So what made you decide to work with children? Where did that come from? 
Yeah, so I actually, I was really loved language for a long time. And I met some kids who just couldn't express themselves. They had lots and lots of speech problems, lots of difficulty making themselves heard. And I saw mm-hmm. how much this impacted their identities and their relationships. They couldn't make friends. And this was really inspiring to me as a challenge to think, well, how can we help these kids? And I started to realize kids who don't have those huge difficulties also have trouble making themselves understood a lot of times. So this really brought me all the way full circle. And what about social media now? You know, now with social media, I was talking with the doctor yesterday and I was in a room that had to be 30 people in there from little kids to grownups. They all had their phones or their tablets or whatever. And everybody was doing this. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely no. So how is that affecting kids if they don't get that social skill of interacting and all of that? And they're just focused on the next swipe up. What does that mean for us? Yeah, I think it's a big problem. And I think it's not just social media. So I, I make a difference between how you use social media, actually. So okay. like you said, is everybody alone together? I, I like that mm. word because they're all sitting there, they're all together, but they're not interacting. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that kind of use of social media really does lead to a lot of isolation and stress and anxiety. I saw, I'm a big home improvement watching person. I drive my brother crazy because he comes here and I make him watch it. Um, And I saw one where they built a restaurant and they put what they called the, the phone holder at the end of the booth. Everybody, before they could place an order, they had to put their phones in the in the pocket. And I was like, that's amazing. And it made me focus when I went out to dinner or lunch or breakfast at how many people were sitting together at a table mm-hmm. and not talking to each other because they're so focused on their phones, right? So we yeah. started for holidays. We started, uh-uh. You know, time for dinner, <laughs> time to hang out. Everybody had to put their tablets mm-hmm. and everything away. Mm-hmm. When kids are little like that, when they're two, three, four, five, and ten, how is it affecting them if they're not like have somebody in their world that says, "Time to put it down"? Is it? Yeah. Could it be too much? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And there's, it's actually interesting. There's research showing like, even two-year-olds, if their parents are on their phones a lot of the time, especially kind of as a habit, the two-year-olds are exploring their worlds less. And they're connecting with the parent less um, because they kind of know my mom or my dad, they're not paying attention to me. They're paying attention to their phones. Um, So to realize how much this is impacting kids when they're not actually exploring their worlds because they don't have anyone to talk about it with um, is going to be a huge problem growing up. So how, you know, I, I saw where you really focus on cultivating children's creativity, kindness and curiosity. How do you do that in 2022? Yes, a couple of things. I think one is to make time, not all the time, but at least in sort of five to 10 minute chunks throughout the day to really sit and listen to what kids are actually interested in. So actually listen to the stories they tell you, ask them why, why do they like something? Why are they curious about that? Um, Get them to kind of explore their own minds. And just doing that in little chunks can really help um, bond you and also teach you about your child. At the top of the show, I said, we're going to talk about the seven pillars of rich talk. And I was kidding about it not being network marketing. It's not network marketing, is it? No, no, no. This is the idea is how to jumpstart kind of 
more meaningful talks with your kids. So rich talk doesn't mean rich in money, but kind of rich in the quality. Nice. So what's the seven pillars? Because you know Alan's going to cut us off soon. Of course. Yeah, so um, the seven pillars are learning, empathy, social skills, confidence, play and creativity, openness to difference, or uh, sorry, and um, the last one is temperament. So how to actually work with a child's temperament. And where did you come up with these seven pillars? What made you decide to just focus on those seven? Because I know there's 7,000 things you could teach. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so for this book, I did a combination of things. I used my own experience, but I also did a ton of research talking to experts from around the world. And these seven pillars were results because I thought they're important for child's children's development. And they're also things we can influence by conversation. So I wanted to do actually what works and then how can we actually do something um, on each of these areas. That's how I came up with it. So I know people are out there going, yeah, 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 Tigo, where do we get the book? Where do we get the book? So tell everybody the name of your book and how they can find it. Yeah, so it's called The Art of Talking with Children. And it's available either through the HarperCollins website or on Amazon or in many major bookstores also. And I got to ask you, you know, as a doctor of education, as a mom of two, you know, what's your secrets when everything, because it happens to all of us, when everything just seems to go off track, you had the plan for the day, you guys were going to do whatever, and it just imploded. What's your secret to get through those tough times when you just want to tell the kids, go back to bed, we'll start again tomorrow? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been there. I've for sure been there. I think the biggest thing is to try to find the humor in it, you know, try to laugh about it with your kids and even comment on it. You know, I'll say things like this is just way out of control. Like, let's let's think about this. How can you help me bring this back together? And kind of like even for my five year old, he's sort of recognizing like, whoa, this is like I was acting a little crazy. Like, I got to I got to try to let's redo that one. Um, and so seeing it kind of as much as possible from a lighthearted perspective um, can kind of stop that sometimes. So I got to ask you, just give me a little tip for the mom, the dad that's out there and they're just feeling like I cannot do this anymore. You know, I'm going to pack my little bag and I'm out of here. I'm moving to Dubai. Yeah. What would you tell a parent when they feel like they're just at the end of their rope? Yeah, I would first say just to give yourself a break that there's so many expectations for parents and caregivers that it's impossible for everyone to do it all. So if you're not doing it all, I think you should feel like that's very typical and that's fine. Um, and I would say to just feel like if you need to have time for yourself, ask for time for yourself if you can, even a few minutes, and then realize that your kids also need time to themselves. So sometimes we feel like we have to be with kids all the time, but actually there's a lot of showing out of research showing that we need downtime as children as well. So feeling like that's not a bad thing. You are the best, Dr. Rebecca. I'm so happy that you came on. I hope you'll come back later and we can do another just deep dive on just the seven pillars. I think that would be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the show and hanging out with me. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. You're the best. Hey, everybody, you know what to do. Go to Tigo Direct if you missed the name of the book. But I'll tell you again, it's the art of talking with children. Not like my dad who talked at me. It's the art of talking with children. Go to Amazon. You'll be able to find it there. Or go to TigoDirect.com. Type in children. Type in, type in seven pillars. Dr. Rebecca, come up and reach out and talk to her.
I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll come back next time. And as always, I'm Tingo. I'll talk to you next time. Oh, I got it.